Hey everybody, you're listening to Smono's podcast. I'm your host with the most. Put some butter on that toast, your man Smo. And I'm here with my beautiful, lovely life partner, SB. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? It's a beautiful morning. Great to be here. Uh, we're coming to you live from the SKS, the Smono studio. Mm-hmm. Do you like how I put that together? I was thinking, what's the cave for? <laughs> Smono's studio. Uh, no, we, we've taken the back end section of the country kitchen studio, which has been my recording shack for the past um, 18 plus years. And we've uh, developed a, a new studio. Mm-hmm. It's, it's evolved. Uh, so we, we have our podcast studio set up, um, not for the listeners viewing pleasure, but we are, uh, filming this for our own curiosity. It's camouflage. You wouldn't be able to see it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, we have a camo background and a little desk here. So just trying to be a little more together with our podcast and, uh, as, this is new for us. I've never done a podcast. I've done a lot of different things, but never a podcast. I understand that in in high school, you were a part of the morning news crew, though. So you have a little more, like, familiar vibe with this setup than I do. Yeah, but it was more like delivering the announcements. It wasn't like an interactive thing. It was like, Spanish oh, Club's going to meet Thursday afternoon in Miss Bloom's room. Right, so... BN7. Which brings up the topic of... Who, we're not, who are we? Who are we? Who am I? Who am I? Uh, so today's um, podcast is going to be a little uh, information about hashtag who are we? Who am I? Uh, just because <laughs> we realize that maybe you don't know... Um, who I am. Maybe you're just uh, a podcast listener. You've stumbled across Smo Knows and you're like, hmm, who is this Smo? What doth he know? And why does he have a cartoon character of his face as his promo picture? Smoji. The Smoji. Um, so if if that's what, you know, the, the several things that could have enticed you to click on this podcast mm-hmm. outside of knowing who I am... Um, or knowing who my beautiful life partner SB is because she has a history all of her own. <laughs> um, we figured that what we'd do is we'd rewind the clock, take you back uh, in time, introduce you to who we are um, kind of from the jump and give you a, a nice little roller, co- roller coaster ride that brings you up to speed to who we are today, maybe give you a little uh, insight. I know everybody... Um, eventually becomes very curious. Uh, how did you meet? Uh, who, are you? who are you? So let's dive right in. Um, I, my name is John Smith. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> He's not lying. <laughs> uh, my name is John Lee Smith. Um, my dad, uh, I always blame that on my dad. I say, well, my dad wasn't very creative, but he had a sense of humor. But it's actually not even my dad that named me John Lee Smith. I got named John Lee from my mother's father and grandfather, John Benton Barber and John Luster Barber. And then I became John Lee. 
Smith. What if it had been John Lester? John Lester Smith? <laughs> that would have been <laughs> like cool. That. I like that. I don't know if I would have liked having Lester as a middle name. Yeah, because people are mean about People that. are mean about that. Uh, I got a buddy whose last name's Lester. I don't think they ever gave him any shit because Bubba would have whooped somebody. Oh, Bubba. Oh, Bubba. Uh, so my parents were both born and raised here in Bedford County, Tennessee. My dad was actually born in Shelbyville. So was my dad. And the old, it's a church now, but it was a hospital. It's right across from Hardy's. And uh, my dad was born there. Um, his mother died when he was very young. His father was in the military and I think you know from what I remember of my grandfather Boots uh, he had a bit of an alcohol problem so <laughs> whatever the case may be my father was actually raised by his grandparents which I believe I met once when I was very young because there's or maybe I did I, no I didn't I didn't meet them I just went to their house mm. where he was raised and because I remember they had chickens. They had a chicken coop, and they let me go in and get an egg. And I thought maybe that may be one of my first, like, Tennessee memories. I think maybe I was, like, four years old because I moved here from California where I was born. Let's back it up. Um, so my dad was born in Shelbyville. My mom was born uh, here, and she she was raised out here in Unionville, where, where we live now. And... Uh, my mother and my father, they met at a, you know, a young age. My father enlisted into uh, the Navy when he was 17 years old. And I believe whenever he was back on leave for whatever reason, uh, he had met my mother. And, you know, they hit it off. They knew some a lot of the same people hung out at the same little supper club where they used to go and dance. And uh, that transpired into... Uh, my dad joining the, or he was already in the Navy, but he, he got, uh, what's it called? Stationed. He was stationed in San Diego. Uh, and then he was out at sea for a long period of time. My mother, she lived on the, on the base there in, in San Diego. And then boom, I came along, uh, not, not by design, but definitely accident. Um, on a trip to Vegas, and then there, there you have it. They didn't want to raise me in California. They brought me back to Tennessee. Uh, I've been raised here since I was uh, four, four years old. Lived out in the country uh, on a little twelve-acre farm. Had a great life out there. Um, lost, uh, I lost my sister when I was very young. I don't particularly remember. I do remember being at her funeral at Gowan Smith here in Shelbyville, Tennessee. Creepy memories as a, as a, like a four-year-old. Um, so in, do, in losing my sister, I gained a brother. My parents adopted my sister's son, who was my nephew. He became my brother. So at the age of five, I just had this brother just show up, which was perfect timing because that was right at that age where, you know, you're accept you accept something like that with really no knowledge of what you're accepting but it's like oh cool i got a buddy or you, know? you don't i hated my brother or you don't well, <laughs> I, was, I hated my brother when he came along i got dethroned <laughs> I, I was very fortunate well and uh, chris was three years older than me so i, yeah, now I had yeah. somebody to look up to and somebody to kind of take care of me um 
But, you know, raised right here in Bedford County my whole life. There's a lot of ups and downs. You can actually read my book. I don't want to give away the whole story since I did just put out um, an autobiography. All of this in detail is in the book. I would definitely encourage you to go and read it. But just to sum me up, because most, if you don't know, um, circumstances led to me becoming an artistic human uh, I found love for music, love for movies, and love for just art in general. That grew into um, a career. That career blossomed into um, a brand. That brand created a lifestyle, a fan base, and just a vibe that I've been living in ever since. Um, started out as an independent artist, moved up to a major label artist, in music. In music. Uh, had the reality TV show on A&E for a couple years. After that, went back to being an independent artist. Uh, and then just kind of taking all of the knowledge that I've acquired over the years with my career and just life in general uh, and applied it to doing this independently. Um, I have three three daughters that are all grown now if you never caught any of the tv show um i have a 20 year old a a 19 year old and a 16 year old um and life is life is great uh i had a open heart surgery about five years ago and right after that surgery and i went through some real dramatic changes in my personal life and and doing that, I bumped into um, the love of my life while I was out testing my sobriety at a bar um, for the first time after my heart surgery. And ever since I met uh, SB, she's been she's been the uh, the life partner that I've needed. So, and then and then here we are. From that, we've of course you. I'll let you explain you and your career. But now you've put your career to the side and now work with me for me beside me full time mm-hmm. doing you know everything from uh, micromanagement and daily assistant and brand management merch sales all that stuff so uh, it was only and it's only become our nature to design and develop and produce now together. We've written songs together. We've mm-hmm. done music videos together. We've well, and I think that's something when you're talking about, about yourself, you know, other than just your like backstory of your life, you're an artist, you're a rapper. So expound a little bit more on that. Cause well, you know, I've, I've always had a, an extreme love for music at a young age. And I never really could sing. Uh, it, it wasn't really a thing that I tried to do, like sing, sing, where it sounded good. But as soon as I was introduced to rap music, um, I felt like I could pull that off because it didn't really require like singing. It was more about um, it was more about like delivery of speech, you know. And I was already very creative in writing. Uh, short stories and poetry and stuff like that. So it was real easy for me to bend those uh, forms of writing into lyrics. 
And, you know, I met a really talented kid uh, when we were both young. And uh, Ray Riddle became my first producer slash DJ, absolute best friend, um, who, with his help, I helped find myself within the the beats and the the recordings and the lyrics and the expectations that society put on anyone as a artist yeah as a rapper especially like being a 20 year old kid from middle tennessee a white kid living in the country who was going to uh embark on being becoming a rapper uh, was very it was far and few between uh, as far as success stories. So um, I set out uh, to really prove to myself and to the people around me that I could I could pull it off. And you know I got very fortunate with uh, the people around me. Uh, it's definitely something that I was never able to accomplish on my own. It was always with the help of those around me who have given me the position that I'm in today uh, of whatever level of success you would measure it out to be. Some people think that I'm like uh, a multimillionaire because the internet says so and it couldn't be the it's the farthest from the truth. Um, some people know me for who I really am and they know that right now I'm sitting in a shack with two small heaters trying to keep it warm while I put together a podcast that is completely um, produced by myself and SB. So it's, <laughs> we don't have like a production crew in here, uh, like on the A&E TV show where there's 27 people running around. I've got a lapel mic. There's uh, catering food. There's catered food outside and uh yeah oh no but there will be baked spaghetti for lunch oh yeah we will be having baked spaghetti <laughs> leftovers for lunch so that's a plus uh so okay so that's i just wanted to make sure if anybody tuned in they knew what kind of artist you were i'm a rapper what you were doing yeah. i'm a rapper from the country and let's you know it's been it's been turned into uh different uh names hick hop Country rap never yeah. bothered me. I don't really like hip hop. I don't think that it has enough uh, um, seriousness to. But if the, somebody stumbled across the yeah, podcast, this yeah. podcast, and you and your music, that would be something that it yeah, would I'd be, be like, hey, you ever listen to hip hop? And be like, oh no, I've never heard that. Okay, it's like country rap, pop rock mix. It's a, it's like a mutt. I wish they would have just called it mutt music because I would have stood by that. I would have had mutt records. <laughs> It would have been mutt. It would have been the mutt movement. My mutt, all my mutts. It's been really easy to take mutt, mutt music. Let's just change it right now. All right. So I'm a rapper. I do mutt music. It's a blend. Of, I'm the brand manager who's not approved this mutt music thing. Oh, so we're mind. not going to endorse it from this move, point. Move back. To I haven't we're even at. googled to see if it's legal yet. I don't know. So, it's probably not. It's probably exactly. Not That's why we don't advertise anything until we Google it first. Yes. <clears throat> so I am a rapper. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a producer too. I'm a, I'm a director. I'm a writer. I'm. There's a lot of things that I do. I'm a great. Uh, but I pride myself on being a, a father and a son and a best friend and uh, all that above everything else. So rapper comes like fourth down the line. 
Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? I'm not going to give his length of a backstory. Um, as far as my beyond my parents, my parents are from around here. Okay. <clears throat> my dad, yeah, I think he was born in Shelbyville, as far okay. as I know. He grew up around there. Local? Fosterville. You're yeah. a local breed? Yeah, so we're from about 10 miles down the road from each other. Um, I grew up in Rutherford County, though. Big difference. Extremely big difference. I pride myself in being from Rutherford County, good old Murfreesboro. I grew up in Christiana, though, so I grew up in the country on the outskirts of the city. But now the city is, like, spilled out yeah. over into that area now. So if you're listening now, it is not what it used to be. Um, but, yeah, so I grew up around here. Born in Murfreesboro, yeah. At the old hospital. At the old hospital, yeah. yeah. That's where two of my kids were born, at the old hospital. Now there's a new hospital, and the old hospital's like a field. Yeah. It's just a field. In the middle of town. In the middle of town. Um, nice field. So I was born there, then raised in Rutherford County. Went to Riverdale to high school. Then I went to MTSU to college. Where did you go to grade school at? I don't think I've ever asked you Christiana that. Elementary in Barfield. Okay, so you went right there. At- yeah, so I went right there at the elementary school across from the slab. Uh-huh. And then when I was Bar- going into the seventh grade, Barfield was a K-8 school still. Where is that at? Barfield School where my mama worked. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you, I yeah. got you. So when I was in seventh grade... I moved there, and that was, like, considered this act of treason because it was, like, going to town to school, and it was the new school, and, I mean, like, we'd been... It's like what I did. I yeah, went from so... Liberty out in the country to Harrison Town from... And it was a K-8. through eight. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the middle school in town. Yeah. That's how I got to know everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I did... Uh, I went to Barfield, and then I went to Riverdale. Good old Riverdale. Yeah. And then I went to MTSU. That's a that's a great uh, little Twice. lineup of schools. <laughs> yes, I loved all my... I loved school growing up, though. I was quite the opposite you, of you in that regard. You were the overachiever. I loved school. So in high school, you... Give me your list of... Give me your resume. Oh, well... Let's let's compare high school resumes. It's just because... Well, no, we don't have to compare anything. I just... Liked school a lot, so us class president, we got to do the reunion not too terribly was, long ago together. It was fun. I was the runner-up um, in the Miss Central pageant, so that's equally, not to mention King of Liberty when I was in grade school. I was so Little that, Miss Walmart, 1987. That's, so that is impressive. Um, when you talk about Miss Central and talking about my re- your resume, my resume, I was actually one of the ones that organized the dude looks like a lady womanless beauty pageant in I high loved, school. I love doing that. I was I was so excited uh, about winning that, but mm-hmm. then I didn't win. But I did get runner up on, nice. on that, which you know it's it's like second place, I guess. We like choreographed a routine for the boys and everything. It was yeah. so fun. Yep, nothing like le- allowing you to dress up like women in high school. And you know, it's something that when I went on to be a teacher, there's little insight foreshadowing um it was something that the kids wanted to do yeah. and the teachers we were the ones that were like we can't and they were like yeah. but we don't care and i was like no nope, 
Yeah. Nope, not now. Not you, you could have done it 20 years ago. It's been turned into something so, that's unacceptable um, now. So. Yeah, so um, in high school, I was very involved in student council, which led me to be class president. And I also was very involved in the FFA. So I held several positions in FFA through high school. And through that and doing that competitively, I got a lot of scholarships. And I went to MTSU on full scholarship to study agriculture. On an ag scholarship. Yeah, so I, I won the Rome County Soil Conservation full, Award. Full ag scholarship. Well, man. it was like the ag scholarship plus some other like with Farm Bureau. And then um, I got the Tennessee Hope Scholarship. So, and I'm very thankful to anyone that plays the lottery because you funded my college. Yeah. Shout out to Steve. 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 <laughs> you know Steve plays the lottery every day. But Steve wins the lottery. So, so um, yeah, I went on to MTSU, moved to Murfreesboro. We found out that we, crazily enough, lived right down the road from each other, several years apart from each other. But, yeah, um, yeah so different intentions when we were in the city. I was studying. I was You were not. slinging bricks or whatever that expression is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I went to DSU. I got a degree in... I studied a little bit of everything because I wanted to do... I was like... You remember when Polly Shore... Or when yeah. Polly Shore on Son-in-Law? Yeah. When he's like, two semesters. That was like what yeah. my family made fun of me for because it was like... You were the Polly Shore. Well, I did political science a little while. I did criminal justice a little while. I did Spanish. I did all of the facets of agriculture. So I was like, plant science, because I want to do hydroponics, which mm. has actually come in handy yeah. in my uh, we're most using, recent endeavors. We're using that education um, these days. Then I was pre-vet for a little while, but I liked my social life way too much to go to veterinary school. Mm. And I got into organic chemistry, and it sounded like they were speaking Chinese, which I did also take a semester of Chinese. Man, that's how applied math was, was for me. It's like, I don't understand so, this division symbol. So, yeah, I get that. Mm. I then, never mind. So, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was college. Then, um... So I worked for Divorce Court. It wasn't Divorce Court as the title. I worked for Rutherford County. I started working for Rutherford County in 2004 mm -hmm. when I was 18 years old. And I worked for um, the judicial side of the county, judicial government side. And basically we did divorces, protective orders, adoptions, bankruptcies. All that dirty stuff. A handful of fun things. So at a very impressionable age, I was dealing with people's personal lives on a way extreme level than I was accustomed to because my backstory, I was raised severely conservative. You were raised in a cult. Let's be honest. No, I don't want to say that in case anyone that's listening is a fan. But it was, it was definitely a little more straight-laced, at least, than John was raised, and so he views some of... I was raised Southern Baptist, like the rest of the world. Some of my ideologies, Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I was raised very differently, I feel like, than the vast majority of a lot of people that I interact and with I, now as an adult. And I find that some of it was a bit extreme. I'm not hating on your religion either or your upbringing. I just find that you were very, like, overly 
protected from reality. And to me, mm-hmm. that feels very cult-like. Not but, saying but that that's a bad thing. But in an extreme regard, I wasn't. Because like I've told you before, I had a really hard time that I knew everyone in the congregation's business. Well, that's the thing. So it's it like, was, I knew what everyone else was allowed to I'm do, not, but I felt I wasn't allowed. I'm not to referring to the outcome. Right. Because you can sit here and try to teach me something, and what I take from it could be something different, and then that's just what the outcome is. I'm talking about the intention. It feels like the intention is like, and I don't understand the, um, what's the name of the religion? No, I don't understand it. The denomination. The denomination. That's what it is. The word I was looking for. I don't understand the denomination and I'm not hating on it. I just think that it seems very, um, out of touch from reality. So I call it a cult. So, that's John's opinion on how I was raised. Um, I don't have an opinion really how I was raised that I have time to indulge a podcast with. So, um, Ooh, I, next podcast <laughs> we'll have to do will be on religion. Not religion. I don't like to talk about religion. I think everybody has a freedom to their own religion. Yeah. Maybe beliefs. Yeah. Maybe my beliefs. Your beliefs. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're always welcome to talk about your own beliefs. Yeah, because I don't want to judge anyone else's Yeah, I don't think it's fair to talk about other people's beliefs. Not at all. So, we were raised differently in that regard that I felt like your church was like a social hour student council. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. And mine was a bit different. I'm not. And as far as the doctrine. When I refer to it, I don't want it to be taken that I'm saying something negative. I'm saying it's very different from the way... I was raised, and the way I went to church, mm-hmm. just miles down the road from you, I think it's it's uh, interesting. It's just a me. bit more extreme. Uh, well, also, I'll be honest. I was completely. Um, I have no information on outside denomination mm-hmm. other than Southern Baptist. I have no. And I feel like maybe even your information's limited on that. Oh, we it's were talking super with limited. your mom the other day. Yeah. And you were like, what? Well, you know, like I said, we're not going to do no, yes. this. So, I don't you. even care to talk about that. It's just to be noted that I was raised, um, yeah, really. Preacher's daughter. There it is. Yep. So my dad is a preacher. So you can imagine what kind of uh, turmoil that can create in a teenager when boys expect so much of the preacher's daughter, but the church expects so much of the preacher's daughter. So I chiseled in a nice little fine line of rebellion for myself. Um, Not terribly, though. I think you did a great job. Mine was more of rebelling to the man, not so much rebelling to the Jesus. So, right, right. Uh, yeah, no, mine was rebelling to the humans of the congregation, not the. <laughs> I love how in not all the deity of I it. I love and how all of your stories that you've told me, you being young, it's always about you uh, leaning to music for happiness. Like oh, how you were a performer, like, and how we have that in common of us both performing as children, not for mm. audience, but for our own. One of my earliest memories so. is my cousin and I, my aunt had this back porch that was like perfectly bricked out. And we would stand up there and like do little concerts. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my favorite things. And then my parents came a karaoke machine. Mm. And we have a front porch with a very, very big yard, very far from the road. 
So I would perform for the cars that were driving by way at the end of their way. I just, way at the end. I wish we had so, some of that um, on, on video. Oh, God, I'm sure if we go dig around in my parents' VHS, there's definitely some we're, videos. We're going to need to do that. Um. So, yeah, I like to be in the talent show. Me and my friend Emily, she played the piano, and we wore these vests and top hats. I was in the talent show in middle school. I was in it. Fourth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. What What was your favorite? Let's just say, like, out of all of that, because I was only in the talent show once, so I only have one song. What was your favorite performance in a talent show? Well, it was up? only four. Can I not tell you all of them? Yeah, lay, lay them out. <laughs> Remember American Tale, Five Will Goes West. That's mm. somewhere out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful song. That was the only vocal lesson I ever went to. So my friend Emily, her she played the piano, and her piano teacher was also a vocal teacher. And oh, I was yeah. so terrified to sing, but I wanted to sing in front of everybody. And she said, just look over everybody's heads and breathe from your belly. Yeah. And I've always, like, remembered that, breathe from your belly. Yeah, don't do she eye contact. So, so anyway, yeah, so I did that. And then in the sixth grade, me and Jessica Hunter sang My Heart Will Go On. And we wore these like broomstick skirts, like Ooh, hippie skirts. Yeah. Mine was, we had orange Who sings that song? Celine Dion. Celine. Then in the seventh Celine. grade, it was a collaborative effort with my friends. And we did a little, little skit thing. And it was like some boy band stuff. It was really cute. And then in the eighth grade, Vida and I did Selena. Dreaming mm. of You. Oh, classic. Classic. We had black capris and matching tank tops that we put the the gems on ourselves. Spelled it out. Wish I had a picture. Oh, God, I can dig something out one day, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm uh, sure there's pictures. Yeah, so in... The... But once I got to high school, I was kind of over, like, wanting to perform and sing and all that, and I liked speeches. Uh, I've always, like... In 4-H, that was always one of the... Doing a speech. Mm -hmm. There was FFA, we had creed speaking. I believe in the future of agriculture with a faith born, not of words, but of deeds. Mm. So anyway, I like doing a creed speaking. I like doing extemporaneous speaking. So I just kind of like did all that and went on to college while working at divorce court. And, And then from there... From there, I graduated... And I had the opportunity to go to Africa for four weeks. And never in my four years of college had I taken four, like, I had never taken an entire week off of work. Uh I always try to come in at least a couple of days or whatever. So I just went to my boss and I said, look, I have an opportunity to be gone for four weeks. I know to take off work four weeks in a row, but, like, in four years of working here, I've never done this. Like, uh-huh. can I please? And he told me, he was like, you know, this is an opportunity of a lifetime go. So I went to Africa, and it totally changed my life. It'll do that. I came back. I worked at divorce court, rocked it out. I was making Spanish lessons online, was working with a friend of mine in town doing contract work Spanish classes. And I just decided I wanted to go back and get my master's to teach Spanish. So that led to a whole So through that, I moved to Mexico a little while, which you got to go with me and experience my friends there. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Eddie. 
Eddie we miss and you. Samuel. We miss you, Eddie. We love you, Samuel. Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah, had a great so time in Mexico. Yeah, so Joan got to get a glimpse of what it must have been like to be with 24-year-old me in yeah, Mexico. it was fun. Um, yeah, we had... We were, it was fun. It's hard to keep up with. We are little wild childs. Um, yeah. So, um, when I got back from Mexico, I lived in Honduras for a little while doing some mission work. That was one of the best experiences of my whole life. I love hearing about it. <laughs> so, Great stories. Lots of crazy things happened on that. I could do a whole podcast just on that. And we will. Um, so I ended up teaching right down the road from where I grew up. Yeah. In a small school. High school. High school. Still. Well, before that, I was an interpreter for special ed. So I worked for the special ed department, and I would go and interpret meetings. Um, so that's crazy because you and I both have this passion for yeah. special needs and so or people with special needs and so it's something that when we met and we realized that we're like oh my gosh so yeah I was I worked for special ed for a year and then um I was teaching at MTSU at night and I was teaching at high school during the day and then that went on for eight years and then boom yeah I taught high school for eight years so it's funny I got to like re redo high school in my own regard because right. I was student council I did the yearbook um I got to be department head I got to work with a lot of really cool people yeah so you I love were... all my students which is funny because mm. we've been getting more response back of my students who are listening to the podcast yeah. That's good. <laughs> that they're like, Miss Lewis, I missed you. I checked out your podcast. And so now my students are all, you know, in their early 20s. So I've had the opportunity to, like, transition into this different role of, like, friend mentor mm-hmm. and less of this, like, teacher-student. So some of my yeah. students have turned out to be some of the coolest people I've ever gotten to know. Teacher-student takes so. a balance, man. Yeah, yeah. And well, because you, as a teacher, you need your students. It's like fans. Yeah. We equate teaching as a profession to performing as a profession absolutely it's like it's neck and neck the absolute same thing yeah and you talk about you said at the beginning i put my career to the side i've just changed careers because i've applied every skill i've had at any other job to this brand management um you know people are like how do you handle all these drunk people at the merch table i'm like i i taught high school yeah but you taught <laughs> like, high school yeah if you get deal with a bunch of hot-headed 17 year olds i wonder if i'd make a good principal i'm hoping to never go back to education well, so you can have that endeavor on your to. own i just terms. wonder how i would do it being a principal i should be principal for a week you know what i'm saying that'd be cool principal for a week so you met me mm-hmm. we've been partners for four years yeah plus. and I, I think it's considerable to mention our backstories are significantly different in that regard that I was I was pretty live action There's as a, far as my my lifestyle was pretty live action at that time I was yeah. real active socially yeah, and I was just on the downward spiral from mm-hmm. having open heart surgery and uh, at the front end of a divorce. And you have kids. Yeah, I don't have kids. I have three grown children, and that were and, not uh, grown when we met. <laughs> yeah, they weren't grown then. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we we bumped into each other at. Um, and there's a song about it. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yep. I was so. Uh, 
in love with you that I wrote a song about it. So um, if you want to go listen to that song, it's on the We The People album. Mm -hmm. And it's called Thing For You. Featuring... William Michael Morgan. William Michael Morgan. Yeah, so it's a great song. True story. Yeah, so when we met, I mean, I was uh, single. Yeah. I'd always just kind of been single, right. doing my own thing. I love salsa dancing, so I was doing that a lot. Yeah. I love singing karaoke, so I was doing that a lot. The Jameson that I was with that night were big karaoke buddies. Right. So uh, I was pretty active in the bar, nightlife, social scene. I'd been on tour for <laughs> five years straight. And just finished filming, or uh, the second season of the TV show was about to come out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were. So on it's some... so funny to think and look back because 2010, I guess, would be 2011 would be when I stumbled upon kicking in Tennessee because I'd been out of the country almost a right. whole year. And so I remember Cecil had come over to my apartment, and we were all hanging out, and he was showing Ben. He was like, man, you got to watch this. I see this guy at the gym, and da, 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 all this Cecil talk. Yeah. And I remember it was on my laptop that we're about to back up in there that's yeah. about to die that's on the fritz, my dinosaur <laughs> laptop. It was on that laptop. We were just kicking it into a C video. So it's so funny to be like, ha-ha, I remember when I came to know of you. Yeah. It's funny. But we never knew each other, and we lived so close to each other. And then until that night, boom, we got right there in the same. I was about to walk out the door, and then somebody put me over in front of you just by accident. And I was mm -hmm. just like, whoa, hey, mm -hmm. who are you? Where have you been? <laughs> Ten miles down the road? I don't believe you. Let's talk for two hours. Well, and it was strange, all the the mutual relationships that we had. Yeah. Uh, really close friends that were close friends of yours, that were close friends of mine. So it was cool to be like, oh, and then just events that we had been to. Right. Um, that we were both at Never, hockey games. Yeah, hockey like games. Like weird stuff that we were, were like, like, oh, oh I, yeah. was there. I, I was there. I was there. You know, so um, even things back to that. I love that Lenny Kravitz concert that you yeah. were at and I was at. And I was in like the seventh grade. Yeah, so. and I was not. Yeah, so it's just, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's stuff like that that's cool. Because we have some, there's a 10-year Age there is a 10-year age difference. Yeah, um, you were born in 76. 76. I was born in 86. Yeah. But you were born on the same date as my heart surgery. Uh -huh. So my rebirthday and your birthday We're are the, the same, same date, day. which yeah. was It's very crazy when we line. put that together. Yeah. But then we were, you know, and we were we took our time about getting to know each other and, you know. Yeah, because I was real skeptical. Yeah, of course. I, you know, I told you off the jump. I was like, hey, I've divorced twice, three kids, never getting married again, don't want another child. And I'm a rapper. I'm constantly on the road. Yeah. Uh, that's quite. And I looked at you and I was like, yeah. well, I never want to get married and I hope I never have children. And. I've been single for 10 years, so you're going to have to be gone some so you don't drive me crazy. Yeah. We were like, oh, sounds like this might be perfect. Let's well, and shot. I remember, I totally remember once when we were, you know, when it was first getting to the moment that we were realizing that our friendship, because we, we, we did start friends, friends, very respectful of the fact of what you had going on in right. your personal life. You were very respectful of the fact that I didn't want to get torn up in any yeah, of that Yeah, we mess. just weren't so in a hurry to be... We weren't in a hurry, and but it was just so crazy, all the 
musical things that we were able to do. I mm-hmm. wrote you a song. Yeah. Um, even before you wrote me a song. Yeah, yeah. That kind of like inspired this whole movement of music that we were working on together. But we realized that we couldn't work together because we did get along so well together and we both decided we should just pull out of this professional endeavor because we didn't want lines to get blurry. And so I feel like that's something that is respectable, at least for me to mention, is that we both were aware of that chemistry off the rip and mm-hmm. very conscientious that that was not our intention. So, um, yeah, we really took a lot of time in that yeah. <laughs> little bit. Which was good, you know, because... And I worked for you. Yeah. I worked for you probably more than was ever a girlfriend for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I was very much the, the assistant. Yeah. Here, write this yeah. down, type this out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Print this. Um, so, yeah, we, we had a good chemistry together, and uh, you hit it off with the kids really well, and... Um, yeah. You know, they, it was a time in their life where they needed you just as much as I needed you. So, well, and like we've talked about so long, I'd been taking care of myself that I was so ready to take care of other people because I feel like there is a natural, uh, biological thing within me to want to nurture people. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's just kind of part of who I am. So, I was ready to like throw my, my life skills on somebody, my domesticatedness, and mm. help take care of some people. Because, like we've talked about with teaching, uh, it's sometimes not as rewarding as yeah. the energy that you put into it. So it was nice to finally have a family. Right. Because I was, you know, in my late 20s, going and giving all I got for these yeah. teenagers. And, and then coming home, and it was just me and my cat. Yeah, there's no gratification. <laughs> like, with a family, you got instant grat. You see the smiles. That, sometimes or instant <laughs> It goes either way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a, it was cool. It was, it was cool to see a need in your life and y'all's lives and to be able to have a skill that I could share with y'all and for sure y'all loved me back. Yeah. It's been a blessing. So that's, yeah, that's who we are. That's who we are. So, um, yeah. So we, as a couple transverse the waters of trying to be a rapper's girlfriend, Uh And in a, a very conservative Bible Belt, very rural school. Rapper's girlfriend slash high school teacher. We yeah. had to, you know, and I needed I needed your help because yes. I've gone through a lot of employees and a lot of efforts of trying to train and teach people mm-hmm. that don't necessarily take my my career, my brand, my company uh, as serious as I do because, you know, it's not theirs. Well, and like we've talked about at the end of the day, it's a mom and pop business. So it, takes a mom it would pop. be no different than me in a restaurant. Like right. if we both poured our energy into it, it wouldn't make sense for me to go work somewhere else right. and you ran the restaurant. I mean, unless it did work that way. Yeah. But um, usually we've found if you have a family business, you got to pour everybody's energy into it. Yeah, because everybody it, is get, invested and in they, it. And we all drink from the same well. Yeah, so, so it, it came to be something that as much as I loved what I did and as much as I felt like I was doing very well, I was so ready to do something different. Because I've worked for Rutherford County since 2004. Like, I've had a real grown-up, go-get-on-girl job since I was 18. Yo, you think it's hard to be a rapper and compete with, like, 
cell phones and Netflix. Imagine Ugh. sitting in a room full of teenagers and trying to teach them a foreign language. Yeah, imagine. has two phones. They're, everybody's like Kevin Gates and that motherfucker. They got two phones. Or they're in the back and I hear, hey, this is my motherfucking kinfolk big small back here that I'm going live on the farm at 10.30 a.m. and I'm trying to teach direct object pronouns. That's and they're like, that's lost, but we, we're running the small go live. And, you know, it's hard to contend with. I know. It, it was hard once that became who I was to them. It was hard to be Miss Lewis, the teacher. I know. So there were some things that we were like, you know what? I've done it long enough. I know I can do it well. Mm-hmm. I got the paperwork to prove it. Yeah. Um, you could do it anywhere you wanted to. Oh, drop of a dime. gosh. And when it comes down to it, like we've talked about on the side and in a former podcast, we make YouTube videos at home, yeah, <laughs> you know, teaching Spanish, and I'll have, you know, maybe a better result even. It's just one of those things that when I feel like my passion, and it's not that I don't love Spanish anymore, it's not that I don't love children anymore, it's I had just gotten to a point where 7.30 to 3 p.m. was not rewarding for my lifestyle. Right. And we wanted to try something different. And it's it's going really well. Yeah, it's working out great. I've loved it. We went to Mexico. We started filming the show. Yeah, we got the small on the go episodes on we YouTube. We finished the book. Well, yeah, the book. We finished the album. Finished the book. Finished the album. Small on the go is born on YouTube. Launched some merch. Uh, brand new merchandise. Whole new branding strategies. The podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this Which, is... thankfully, we've had Josh come on the team. Yeah. Who's introduced us to all this mm-hmm. stuff. So, it's just been a... It's been a cool thing to look from when and we first met. And to watch it evolve. Yeah. Yeah, because it's yeah. been growing ever since. It's like every day it grows. Mm-hmm. We'll buy, like, another camera, or we'll buy another microphone, or we'll buy a board, or we'll... We're just investing back into ourselves, and... You know, we share the same goal of taking the bus that we use to tour in. Yes, and we've talked about our past. Let's talk about our future. Our, we we want to take our bus and turn it into our tiny home uh-huh. and just set out. Yeah, so <laughs> I have had this crippling, wandering, gypsy spirit my whole life <laughs> that I love that whole, like, let's go somewhere, let's go somewhere, and yeah. living out of a suitcase and all of that, so... Uh, and I got really, really eat up with it after going to Africa and Mexico. So we did this Mexico trip so well together. And we've been talking about how much we love our bus that we're like, we're doing this forever. Yeah. We're so. Just gonna, so we're turning our bus into a tiny <laughs> home. Uh, we're going to take this podcast on the road with us. Yeah. So we're going to take small on the go, continually on the go. Because, uh, I mean, I can do what I do from anywhere. The goal is... Ultimately, to run from the cold weather, to mm-hmm. stay in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And do what makes us happy. Yeah, and just do whatever makes us happy because, like, you know, uh, I mean, it's, you know, like, we work to buy things, to create bills, to work, to pay bills, to buy things, to create bills, to work, to pay, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, and if that's your dream and vision, if you want your forever home and all those things, I feel like you should live your life doing yeah, that do because that. that's what makes you happy. For but I'm curious. For some people, settled is happy. Yeah, I'm curious about what, just because I've lived in a, a house my whole life and I've been very fortunate. Yeah. Let's not, I've, I've been very fortunate. My parents 
uh, I grew up in great homes. I have a great home now that's been in my family since the 1800s that I live in. But let's be honest, none of this belongs to me. It's either been my parents, my grandparents, my great great grandparents, uh, an uncle, you know, like it's all been like family. I I really don't have anything that I own, um, which <laughs> it's been my goal. Yeah, you know, I was about it's to like say, I've always had this like creepy goal to. Well, I don't know if it's it, creepy, but I've been like I want to own the least amount of things. Yeah, no, I kept it so hood for so long because it was like street rule at first to keep everything in your mama's name you know what i'm saying like that way the police couldn't take it away from you and i've just always maintained that same mentality not that i'm trying to keep things in other people's names to keep police from taking them because i don't do anything to have police take things from anyone i'm just saying it's been a state of mind to just not own anything that way if I wanted to, I could just pick up and move. And when right. I, as I've gotten older and my bones have been become more susceptible to cold weather, and uh, my skin, which is irritated right now because it's cold outside, I want to like run from the the winter. Mm-hmm. I, like I love Tennessee, but as soon as like shit, it's October and we've already had snow, or it's November. Isn't it? Yeah. It is November. We've seen more snow this month in November than I've ever seen, I think, in my life in November. Yeah, so... (laughs) Between Denver, Minnesota, and here. If I could, if I was in the position that I'm trying to be in very soon, Mm -hmm. we would be in the bus and probably in Tampa. (laughs) You know, somewhere down by country. Uh, Because we've got family and friends all over the globe that we could maneuver to we could drive the bus to mexico (laughs) if we wanted to we could drive it to uh northern california we could go out to denver we could Mm -hmm. go into canada i've got people in alaska uh there's nowhere that we couldn't go and couldn't work because we work wherever we go and we do very well when we travel I, i feel like you know i feel like some people don't have a good rhythm with their partner when they travel but I feel like when we travel together, it's, it's like we're in perfect yeah, it's, sync. It's a team thing. Uh-huh. It's not two individuals traveling together. It's a team moving yeah. it. It's it's fun. Because so, in Mexico, you always are like, I couldn't have gotten by without you, but I couldn't have gotten by without your Uber on your phone. Uh, it was like, but it was always collaborative. Yeah, it always Belize, was. Belize, very collaborative. So, you know, there's... <laughs> so we love to travel. Yeah. We're trying a minimalist lifestyle. We strive to be debt-free. Like these are things so it's it's funny to us when people are like, Oh, you're famous <laughs> and we you know, we giggle to ourselves because it's almost like I'm just the cheerleader that's gotten lucky enough to <laughs> stay home with my man and yeah. take care of him. <laughs> I love having my cheerleader. Um, so yeah, that's that's who we are. That's a little bit about us. Well, where we've come from. A little bit about where we plan on going. Yeah. Uh, we plan as long as we're breathing. We plan on staying on the go. Well, and I hope by knowing a little bit more about who we are as people, it makes us more relatable. Yeah. You know. And not to mention, maybe I could do a Spanish podcast if there were any interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's good to know that when I'm not angry about the topic, I don't say the f word. 
a thousand times. Yeah, and that's something that we look forward to growing on this podcast. Yeah. Hopefully that, that our, our hashtag, listeners will see an evolution. Hashtag fan etiquette was a rough <laughs> one for all of us, but we were still on the heat. Kind of rave reviews. Though. Yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, always real, always uncut, and always true to who we are. This has uh, been another episode of Smo Knows. I'm your host, Smo, and this is my lovely life partner, SB, and we'll catch you next time right here on Smo Knows. Thanks again for tuning in to the Smo Nose Podcast. My name is Joshua Clifton. I play guitar live when you see us. And man, I got to tell you, this song is my favorite to sing along and play to. Uh, if you haven't picked up, this one's for you. The album that came out earlier this year by Smo, you need to go check that out anywhere you can get your music. Now, this one is for you. The reason we end these episodes with this song is because we would love for you to be a part of it. So hit us up on our social media, hashtag SmoNos, or you can simply email us at SmoNosePodcast at gmail.com. SmoNosePodcast at gmail.com. You can send us your questions. Maybe you're wondering when we're going to be in your area. We'll answer that. Chances are, though, the answer is soon. One other way you can help us out is subscribing to this podcast, reviewing it, and sharing it with your family and friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.